Hi guys, George here. You're listening to Outside Lane by Lane 8 Coffee, bringing you the stories behind the people and businesses inspiring coffee culture today. From coffee roasters to ceramicists, and from furniture designers to bakers. In this episode, we speak to Blendsmith's founders, Ryan Moore and Chris Farnworth. Blendsmith make a range of six premium, vegan-friendly, caffeine and gluten-free drinks, including hot chocolates, matcha, beetroot and chai, each with their own distinct flavors. The company serves over 300 cafes across the UK and is also distributed across Europe. We talk about what it's like to start up with a friend you've known since the age of eight, how they transitioned from their previous careers, why they chose to make their products vegan-friendly, and how they keep customers coming back time after time. First though, we hear from Ryan about where the idea for the business first came from. So my original love for sort of the drinks industry came from actually working here in London um, for a company called Square Mile. We're a coffee roastery um, and seen as one of the best coffee roasters in the UK, if, if not the world. And that was sort of my learning ground to to understand coffee, but sort of pushing the boundaries of quality and, and what could be done in a sense of the whole variety of things associated to coffee. I, I, I think by living and traveling in Australia and New Zealand, that experience there gave me a better understanding of what the culture or cafe culture was like over there. You know, cafes really push the boundaries of, of, of what a cafe really is. You know, bringing the outdoors to the inn, pushing different types of architecture, but also really getting quite extravagant with um, menus through, you know, sort of blending foods and drinks and drinking things like turmeric and beetroot and, and a variety of different milkshakes and a variety of different coffees for that matter in the cafe culture scene over there was a real eye-opener for, for us um, and for myself and sort of the impetus to go, hey, this is really quite exciting. It's only a matter of time through. This is going to hit on across the world. So yeah, it was, it was obviously really, really important and taking those really initial ideas and, and expanding on those to sort of incorporate into to what mine and Chris's personality is and what we were trying to achieve from the business itself. Our best mate's uh, wedding, and as as he was leaving, and he said, "Listen, uh, this is probably in the August." And he said, "I'm coming back in January. Got something exciting that that I'd like to discuss with you." And so, didn't really think anything of it at, at the time. And then we were chatting as as we do, and we were on we were on Skype. And he said, "You know, listen, I'm, I'm kind of involved in a in a business out here. There's something similar." I think it's a really interesting concept that I'd like to bring back to, to the UK. And before really knowing what it was, I, I agreed to, to to come in with it. And then Ryan started describing it to me, and my reaction was generally what what a lot of at the time uneducated people's reaction was. And because so is it is it flavoured coffee? And then no, listen, it's not not flavoured coffee. It's it's caffeine free and. Um, all, all the benefits that you know that that it has. So we 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 had you know probably bi-weekly Skype calls where we were just thrashing this idea about, and then 
getting samples together and looking at looking at the branding and dragging in family members to help with different elements of you know setting things up um, and then as Ryan came back in in the January we kind of all jumped in jumped in my kitchen with a box full of, of different spices and, and flavors and then just started coming up with our you know with that with our recipes got some friends around to to taste them um, and then by by the end of the February we were ready to trade and, and started taking our first first orders. I think our skills complement one another quite well. You know, Razzy's very, very creative and great at marketing and always always thinking of you know of, of the next idea, whereas I'm probably a, a touch more reserved and sometimes a realist. And so sometimes we've got to bring him back down to, to earth. But I think we work we work pretty well together um, you, know, you kind of need a blend of excuse the pun but a blend of skills to you know, to make it work I think the great thing about this with me and Chris is that yes he has his particular skills and I have mine but we're also using this as an opportunity maybe a soundboard as you know we're, we're starting a business um, and it's all very new for us like it is for yourself George and using the skills that we already have and know but we're learning from one another. So Chris is learning a lot of the marketing and and um, so the, the cafe culture side of things where it's a little bit less formal to his former career, uh, you know, and I'm learning more about the, the financial and numbers side and the, the sort of groundwork to a business more from Chris because, you know, that was his sort of background. So it's, you know, it's complementary, um, but also a really steep learning curve that, you know, most new people to, to, to new businesses will, will surely testify to. For us, combating our friendship into a business relationship, the first thing that we, we sat down and said was before anything else and no matter what happens in the future, we put our friendship before anything else. And we, we've stuck to that, you know, so far and, and it's worked really well. Um, you know, and I would also touch on that. I think you've got to, res- you, you know, you should respect all your friends, but you've got to, I guess, ultimate respect for one another for on a variety of platforms, but also just trust. You know, I trust Chris to do whatever it is he needs to do, and I'm, you know, hopefully he feels the same about me. And when you, when you look at those sort of structural and, and integral parts of um, what makes up a friendship, if you can transfer that into a business, then you shouldn't go too far wrong. Yeah, listen, we're, you know, we're just two middle-class lads from middle-class families in the north that grew up on mashed potato, sausage and boiled veg, and, and that's the truth of the matter. We are very different to where we grew up and what our paths were. Um, I guess veganism and vegan products wasn't even on our radar from where we were from. But as we've, we've grown up, we've travelled quite a lot, and... Um, We've mixed in lots of different circles. Our understanding of the world and what we feed into our bodies is is a lot different. Now we're not hard out vegans by any stretch of the imagination, um, but there definitely has been a change in in both Chris and I um, in terms of what we we are putting inside our our bodies. Um, and you know, a lot of that does come from the highlights of 
of and the prominence of veganism. You know, the UK, for example, was, um, there was more vegan products launched in the UK in 2018 than any other country in the world, and a 300% rise in you know sort of vegans in in the UK from 2018 to 2019. So, you know, the prominence there is it's being put into into society, and we're understanding more about it. You know why maybe maybe not eating meat for example um, or, or not having things like gluten um, uh, sometimes perceived as being better for the body you know i think you know me and chris studied sort of nutrition and sport at university and you know I, I played sort of high level sport i used to get given a nutrition program so our understanding of that is it's pretty good and it's what we put inside our bodies is is really important and it's always something that we take really seriously but you know vegan products are are just going to grow and grow and grow and, and the diversity of them throughout the world now is is getting really exciting so so for us it was it was a no-brainer our products had to capture that market um, it was the same yeah. the gluten side of things with you know a lot of people suffer from um celiac disease um, you know, finding so a lot of challenging reactions from inflammation, sort of intestinal problems. Um, and so you just you can't cut out that market. It's simple as that. And it's something obviously we're transitioning to ourselves, but you, we just so they have a growing market. And you know, predominantly, I think Chris would probably agree with me. Seventy to seventy-five percent of our audience is in that category. Um, so if we didn't, you know, if we didn't um, classify as vegan, I just don't think we'd be having this conversation now, George. Yeah, just just to follow on, you know, from what Ryan said, you know, veganism is growing, um, and and we absolutely didn't want to isolate isolate the market. You know, the the drinks are are, are vegan friendly, um, but they're also great for you know for, for non vegans as well. So from a commercial point of view, we, we can kind of Kind of capture both markets. Um, you know, the rise of of alternative milks has been astonishing over the last you know the last couple of years, and, and I would probably say most people enjoy our drinks with you know with, with oatly um, as, as opposed to um, cow-based milk. So uh, I, I think it's it, it was important for us to um, to go after both markets, you know, vegan and, and, and non-vegan. Um, you know, and it, it, it tastes great for both. So why 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 wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? I think it's about giving people a choice, isn't it? No matter what it is, if you can give people a choice, whether they're vegan or not, then you know it's um, it, it just makes sense. Um, and like Chris said, you know, for us, we we drink our products um, with both cow's milk and and, and dairy free products, and, and we think they taste great in either. So. You know, it, it made sense for us to go down that route. The new customer acquisition is is relatively straightforward. We we, we get a large amount of business now through through recommendation and uh, um, via via Instagram. To, to start with, we you know. Particularly Ryan, well, only Ryan to be fair, did you know did a lot of door knocking and, and proactive sales. But more recently, orders have come to us, uh, and it's very very easy to get an initial order because it's something different. And 
people are buying some nice colourful drinks that look great on, on, on Instagram. So people are, are happy to you know to take a punt with something and, and put it on the menu and and, and see see if it sells. Now the key for us is you know having a member of the public walk into a cafe, order a turmeric latte, and then order it again when they they go in the following day or or, or the following week. So then it really boils down to you know to, to quality you know and making uh, ensuring that the quality is right with our you know with our, our manufacturer and we were always really nervous about about outsourcing it but it was really the only way for us to for us to grow um, and there's also an educational piece with you know with, with baristas uh, and making sure that they are making the products in the right way um, because Ryan and myself have, have been into cafes in in Manchester um, where we've ordered our, our drinks and it hasn't been made in, in the right way uh, and it doesn't taste great so ensuring that we you know we educate the, the baristas you know we have lots of, of literature that, that details you know the best way to you know to, to make the product um, so that's that's absolutely, absolutely key for us. Um, and just delivering a great customer service. You know, we, we try and ensure that when an order comes through, product is generally dispatched the same day, if not the next day. So, you know, it's in, in the cafes, ready for customers within, within a couple of days. So we just try and make ourselves easy to deal with, um, proactive from a customer services point of view, and ensuring you know, customers of cafes are drinking great drinks. Yeah, no, Chris just touched on some really great points there. And I think for us, we're not trying to, you know, Chris made a point right at the very start of this about disrupting the market. And I think that's definitely what we're trying to do. But it's also a retention point of view from customers is, is the holy grail from us, but from a point of view of changing potential habits of customers themselves. So people who come in and have a coffee, which is great, we all love coffee, but maybe looking at considering to change their habits of having two or three a day to one a day, and then what can they have in the afternoon? Oh, I've found this turmeric latte, for example, it's it's delicious, and, and get them buying that every single day. That is our biggest challenge point, and I guess that comes down to what Chris mentioned around education and, and understanding and, you know, potentially just having these types of drinks more readily available to the wider public. Um, so, you know, when you see the lights of um, big retail chains selling blends similar to ours, that's, that can only be a good thing. That's just, you know, more of a touch point for more and more people to uh, spend time learning, learning about similar sort of products to ours, um, for them to then consider um, choosing um, these kinds of drinks next time they go into a cafe. It's also trying to be fresh as well. Um, you know, we we've released over the last twelve months uh, limited editions. Um, we do a chocolate orange over Christmas. We've done a mint chocolate. Um, we've done a uh, we've done a matcha white. We've done a white chocolate. So it's always trying to you know, trying to uh, come up with fresh ideas. Um, you know, and, and, and pushing that to, you know, to, to 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 the cafes, which. Again, has worked worked really well. You know, we're on the verge of of launching a um, a new product, which would be a, a 
bottled cold version of our of our drinks so hopefully that will come out uh, in the not too distant future so yeah we're constantly trying to to innovate and you know listening to our, our customers about you know what what they want you know what's what's selling well how, how we can make ourselves better um, and always being open to you know to change um, you know we, we have to we have to adapt to the ever changing needs of, of the consumer and having a willingness to do that you know is, is important for us If I was to walk into any coffee shop in the world, it would be the auction rooms in North Melbourne, Australia, on Errol Street. I would be ordering a filter brew on a Hario V60. I would generally choose a natural, naturally processed coffee over anything else. Um, it's quite controversial, but for me, you know, a natural. It's just quite, you know, it's quite exciting because you don't know what you're going to get. Five times out of ten could be pretty awful, but if you hit the other five, it can be ultimately an amazing experience. I, I was just, I was working in a completely different environment then, and um, in North Melbourne, I was working for um, at the local football, their kind of football. <laughs> I was in real football out there, um, just around the corner, and that was a local coffee shop. What I really loved about it was. In terms of coffee shops and how I was talking about sort of a lot of Australian cafes bring the outdoor culture inwards was, I've never seen this kind before and it was on this real sort of old Victorian street, two giant windows, they were huge, bifolding doors, always open. They had an island in the middle with a variety of um, different coffee brewers on there, a couple of coffee machines and people were just surrounding the island and then there was a back window and there's a beautiful tropical garden in the back of that and you know just the experience of it was just an awesome place to be so I spent quite a lot of time in there just working doing meetings from there and you know, that's kind of where I was really getting an, an excitement for this industry that you know, I've never been accustomed to before and also it was on it was also on Errol Street and I remember my mum my when I was a young young guy liking Errol Brown you know the guy who did the full Monty I believe in miracles. <laughs> so that's like, it always stuck with me as well. <laughs> if I were to walk into any uh, coffee shop in the world, although I haven't been, it would be to go and see our friends who run a uh, specialty coffee shop in San Juan in the Philippines. Um, they have a specialty coffee shop through their own a roaster and coffee um, that is on the beach and it looks absolutely incredible um, and I'm more of a, uh, an espresso drinker um, so um, I'd probably order uh, flat white um, with a, a chocolatey note and a little, a little bit nutty so yeah mine would be uh, El Union in, in the Philippines Thanks very much for listening. For more from Ryan and Chris, head to their Instagram at Blendsmiths. You can also buy their products here at Lane 8 Coffee. This has been Outside Lane. Until next time. <laughs>